had a message that I wanted to share, and it was very, it's very informative, and it's very, um, it's something that I know the Spirit of God wants us all to know about. And the topic of today, and obviously I'm going to lean towards, it's, it's very broad, but I'm, I may have to do this in different parts for sure. I'm not going to have all the time I want to discuss. But I'm going to be talking a lot about, there's going to be different Bible verses. So I'm going to need you guys to stay focused and pay attention uh, because this is very important. But I want you to understand, before this church was ever established here in Miami, um, this church was founded on missions. What do you mean by missions? There's many different types of missions, but the mission field is when you're actually an actual missionary. My father started his ministry right after he uh, uh, graduated from um, his Bible university over in Rama in Oklahoma. <clears throat> he started in Guatemala. He was there, I think, about four years, and then he went to Belize for six years. He was six years in the mission fields. And... Part of our, which is the title of today, is called Our Mission. And we all have a mission as believers in Christ. Do you know you have a mission and a purpose? Once you receive the Lord, obviously, part of our mission is to gain knowledge. But where I want you to understand, and part of our mission is to go out and, evangel and, be, and preach the gospel. All of us are called to read the word of God. All of us are called to evangelize. Let's get that straight. That's a fact. All of us are called. The DNA of Alpha and Omega began in the mission field. And I've been a part and will continue to be a part of mission, of missions, outreach, church outside of church. But not necessarily church outside of church, because when you're doing, remember, we're the church. We can meet and have church outside of church. But when someone isn't part of the body of, the Christ, of, of Christ, you're evangelizing. It's important to tell others that aren't part of the church to become part of the church. Someone say amen. So after six years... My dad and the, uh, the Lord told him to plant the church here in Miami. And praise the, God, praise the name of Jesus, the rest is history. We're here now, and we continue to do that. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk briefly on the mission field. What happens in the mission field? What's important about going out and doing the work of the Lord, actually pursuing it? Doing something about it, not just to come here and receive. Our mission is not just to receive. Believe that. We're called to let others know about what we receive. Say amen. Regardless of your position, social status, familial status, we are called to serve. Our mission in life is to serve. And why is that? Well, the Bible tells us to be like Christ, right? We want to be an image, a reflecting image of God. And what did God, and what did Jesus do? He left the right hand of, of the Father, became a man, and he did it all for you and for me. And then obviously he died on the cross and resurrected. Praise the name of Jesus. 
One of the many ways, though, and I'm going to get into this. Last, last Wednesday, I announced in Arise, and, and the reason why I'm bringing this up when it comes to mission trips is that we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna host the Arise ministry, the Young Adults ministry, is going to host along with the whole church. Uh, whoever wants to join, there's a limited amount of, of space available, and I don't have all the details yet, but I do want to plant the seed today to the congregation and obviously, I will be talking to some uh, later on as I get more, uh, as we get more informed, hopefully by this month, um, we will have an answer on price and how many people we can take with us. We want to go to Argentina. Yeah. Come on, put your hands together. And before you look at me with those big eyes and say, whoa, I'm definitely not going. I'm not saying, oh, I can't afford it. Stop right there. Because if God has a purpose and God wants you to go, he'll find a way to pay for it. So let's just put that aside. Because I know some, I, I, I brought this up and it's true. Sometimes people are like, whoa, you want to go to Argentina? I, I'm trying, I'm just trying to go to Orlando. <laughs> I'm trying to go see, I'm trying to go to Universal Studios, Tampa or whatever. I'm trying to save up for that. If God wants you to go, you're going to go. Someone will donate for you or God will find a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. And obviously, not everyone can come, but that doesn't mean one day you can't join. We do these mission trips constantly. But the reason why I wanted to bring it up is because I'm going to be talking about, and well, these, these very important Bible verses on missions and what happens when you're doing these missions. Now, these, this mission, we're, we all have a mission. And just because you don't come to Argentina doesn't mean... That your mission, when you get out of here, you see someone in a restaurant, that's part of your mission. You got to let them know about Christ. Amen. You don't necessarily have to come with us to do this type of experience. But I believe that something happens. For example, when Vanessa was talking in the testimonial, she said that her favorite part, right, Vanessa? You said the favorite, one of your favorite uh, parts of the whole three years that you were studying and that's a lot, you know, I'm sure she had a lot of great experiences while in the Bible Institute. She says when she went out to evangelize as a group, and that's here in Miami, this is a team thing. When you evangelize as a group, look what it says here. I'm going to start with 1 Peter 4.10. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God. Glory be to God, of God's very grace. A huge part of our development as Christians is the discovery of our identity and our gifts. Do you know that, you know the verse that talks about and we, we, I bring this up all the time. We all are one body, but we all are, have, are different, with different parts of the body. Amen? God's the head and we are the body. And there's different parts of the body. There's the knee. There's the, and obviously, there's a, look at it spiritually. Amen? I don't know which one here is the ankle, which one is the knee, which one is the elbow. But the point is, is that we all have different functions, different gifts. You may not be able to do what I'm doing and stand here and preach, but guess what? There's things that you can do that I, I cannot. There's certain gifts. There's spiritual gifts. You may have the, the gift to intercede, a spiritual gift of prophecy. 
There's different spiritual gifts. I'm not going to get into that too deeply, but I promise you that I'm going to have a series on it soon. As I was studying this, yeah, for sure. You each have a specific gift that God given. I don't know what it is, but when you obviously have that intimate time with your father, God begins to reveal it. And when you are in the actual mission field, when you're out there, things happen. And you see how you develop and you grow. If you've never swam before, the first time you go swimming, well, you, you probably read about swimming. You can probably understand exactly what you need to do, how you got to stroke your arms. How, you know, certain things you can do so you don't drown if you've never swum. You know, you see a child that you teach them how to swim. You can teach them everything. Read them the encyclopedia of how to swim, how to, you know, stroke the arms, kick the feet. But it's not until you get in the pool that you actually learn how to swim. You can read all about it. You can be the most intelligent individual of how to someone, this is how you swim, and you can write the best essay about it. All right, let me throw you in the pool. Ha-ha. Uh -huh. So this is what I'm saying. We as a church and a body of Christ need to get our feet wet. Come on, someone, say amen. So we all have gifts, and these gifts, obviously God reveals himself to you, but now God also demands of us to use these gifts to impact people in order to glorify God. And so they can see what you have. Listen, this is, this is incredible. Look what it says here in Mark 10, 45. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This verse, I believe, gives a lot of us a challenge. Why would, why would it be a challenge? Well, because it's human nature. How many, of you, how many of you normally, right? Like it's like saying it's better to give than to receive. Tell, now tell that, tell that to our flesh. Have you ever seen a little kid, right? Well, how many of your parents in here? Well, we all were kids once. So if you remember when you were a kid. But I'm talking about a... A baby that just, a kid that's probably like one, two, three years old right there, that range. They don't really know right from wrong too much. Maybe when they're three, they do. Let's say like a one and two year old. They're, they're very innocent. See, we know right from wrong. We, when the Bible tells us give, but we, we, do, we do it out of obedience. And obviously later on, things begin to develop as we grow. But I'm talking now human nature. A child, give them a toy. And then have another child come and take it away. What happens? Do you, can you teach? You have to teach the baby how to share as it gets older. You have to train them. Just like we need to train ourselves. <laughs> we need to train ourselves to give. It's better to give than to receive. We need to train ourselves that we need to serve. Jesus came to serve others. We're supposed to be like Jesus. We're called to serve and it's not in our human nature to do it. But you see, this is why we have, this, we have Jesus and we have our spirit now. Now, you see, once you receive Jesus, now you have the spirit of the living God living in you. Now you can begin to understand how to think from above and not from here. 
you begin to think supernaturally. Why? Because the supernatural lives in you. You begin to think like God because God lives in you. But if you don't have God, this doesn't make any sense. Why would I give? It's better to take. Why would I share? No. You see, why would, why would I do that? Well, now you understand when you have Jesus, you begin to grow. You begin to have that knowledge. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 3, excuse me, Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Look at another, another thing. This is great. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I was reading this verse, and this verse is amazing because when you go on these mission trips, in this case mission trips, or if you're out on the mission evangelizing as a group with your fellow Christian friends or brothers and sisters in Christ, this is a team effort verse. Who do you think are the, who, are you, who do you think are the witnesses? Me and you, we witnessed what God has done. This is a, look, it pro, this is provides, check this out. It, this verse encourages us to keep going, to rely on our brothers and sisters in Christ, the witnesses, and to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus. This verse is a great verse to help us, remind us to keep going even when we feel exhausted. It reminds us to endure. And when you have your brothers and sisters in Christ, when you do these evangel evangelistical mission uh, trips, or when you're out there, it doesn't have to necessarily be going to Argentina like I say we're going to plan. You have your witnesses, you have your brothers and sisters pushing you. Come on, we have to do it. I remember when I was, because I've done many of these, I used to do these almost every two or three months before COVID. And praise God that that's already over with, no? Amen to that. And now we're going to obviously start. We did one in Colombia. Praise God. That was incredible. There was times where I got frustrated with, some, with certain things. And I remember I had friends, friends of mine. Some of us were in the group. were like, hey, we got to get this done. Let's do it. Let's strive. Let's endure. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue, glory be to God, will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. How do you think the gospel will be spread? How do you think this can, how do you think this can get done? Through you. Through us. Who are the witnesses? Me, because I received Jesus. Now I can tell others about him. And the way, and that's why this is, we need every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess and confess that Jesus is God and he's king. But the way that it happens is through the witnesses, through you, letting others know what God did for me. 
he can do for you. Every week you should do, you should have a, a list of things, I guess, top of your list. You know, top five of your list for sure should be people that you know that you need to bring to church or talk to them about God. You have Jesus. You have the answer. Why are you quiet? This is, I, I can't do this by myself. We all need each other to get this done. This is very important. And I know this type of preaching isn't the, maybe the type of sermon you wanted to hear today. Most of us are always about my needs, my necessities, my friends, my family, my job, my this, my that. We got to have the mentality. You have the answer. You got to let other people know about it. This verse reminds us that although the circumstances of the world may seem overwhelming, there may be sickness, poverty, disasters. When it's all said and done, Jesus will be known as king all over the world. When you're part of these missions, you're, you will see life from a new perspective. You will begin to grow. You'll begin to see. And as much as you go, you go selflessly, not selfishly. When you do something like this, when you're evangelizing, you're doing it because obviously it's out of obedience. And then you're also going to see when, man, I, I, get, I get the biggest satisfaction. Nowadays, obviously, I, I, everyone's walking in, in their Christian life. I'm sweating a little bit here, guys. Don't mind me. I'll be okay. My most, my most gratifying moments of my life have not, have not only been how when God has done things for me and opened doors for me, but it's when I see how God touches and God opens doors for others. And I know this may sound a little crazy, but I get a satisfaction when I see people, man, just cry out to God and, and repent to God. And when you see the spirit of God working in, in others that you saw that they were completely out of it, were complete in complete darkness and, and they came to church because you brought them to church and all of a sudden they get the answer and all of a sudden now they know what's going on. All of a sudden their lives are changed forever because you planted the seed. And let me tell you that type of a, that, that, satisfaction well first of all you're being molded during that process you look at life in a completely different perspective someone say amen hallelujah first thessalonians 5 16 through 18 look what it says here rejoice always pray without ceasing and give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of god in christ jesus for you our motto as Christians should be rejoice always, pray as you go, and give thanks constantly. Praise the name of Jesus. There's times where you may be getting frustrated in life. This walk's not easy. It's hard to always constantly pray. Sometimes we get frustrated. But remember, there's going to be times where even while you're doing the work of the Lord, while I know that most of you in here are like, wow, I know what he's saying. I got to do it. It may not be easy. I know the person I got to go talk to, the person I got to invite. You may not be the best, the most knowledgeable individual, but you can bring them here. You can make an effort. You have to do something. 
There's going to be a time where you're trying to do that effort while you're making that effort that the enemy's going to get in your head and he's going to tell you, they're not listening to you. What are you saying? They're, they, they're just making fun of you, but maybe they make fun of you. Or they're not listening to you. Or you've been trying to do it for years and nothing's happened. Keep doing it because it's not up to you. That's up to God. What's up to us is to plant the seed. What grows next, what happens next is the spirit of God. You're called to plant the seed and pray. This is real evangelism. This is what it's about. And I can't fathom it more. And I know God told me to speak this today. Because we need to have that in our minds. It's more than just about you. Jesus, his mission was for us. Nothing about him. He came to serve. Hallelujah. And then lastly, I got I to gotta close. Look at the time. It's okay. You're receiving something. Say amen, church. Come on, son. Come on. Come on. Come on. I know it's, some, it's a little work, but we're called to do more. Because why? You are more. You're not some average Joe. You're called to do a lot more. You're called to endure. You're called to be from above, not from beneath. You're not, you can't just sit around all day telling you the truth. That's how it is. And God will bless you like you have no idea. More than abundant. Because you're more overflowing of blessings all throughout your life, all throughout your family's life. So it's time to take that extra step. And obviously, the reason why we do all of this is because of the Great Commission, which I talk about all the time, Matthew, 20, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. And Jesus said unto them, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them. To observe all that I have commanded of you. And behold, I'm with you always. Oh, Jesus Christ, to the end of the age. The Great Commission is Jesus' is his instructions to his disciples, well, to all of us. We're all disciples. You have Jesus in your heart, you're a disciple. You're, you're ready. You are this is the reason why we go, why we serve, why we're supposed to make certain sacrifices for others. And most importantly, let others know what God did for you, he could do for them.